the richest, most powerful place on earth. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts. Tuman Bay. Bay. The truth makes us strong. Listen to all episodes of Tuman Bay seasons one and two now for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here on the 50,000 watt front porch on a Thursday morning at 6 for our first look at Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando, now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still an AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a witness says, yes, there was quid pro quo. More in one minute. We'll talk about the impeachment bombshell and how it got defused, and we'll focus on that three-hour softball game, otherwise known as the Democrats' debate. It's coming up on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. The big takeaway from the impeachment hearings, a U.S. ambassador says he witnessed a quid pro quo with Ukraine. Ambassador to the European Union Gordon Sondland says President Trump's personal attorney Rudy Giuliani explicitly linked a White House visit for Ukraine's new president to an investigation of Democrats. If we wanted to get anything done with Ukraine, it was apparent to us we needed to talk to Rudy. Sondland says Giuliani spoke for the president but conceded to Ohio Republican Mike Turner it was a presumption linking those investigations with Ukrainian security aid. Do you know what made-up testimony is? Made-up testimony is when I just presume it. Sondland testified that Ukrainian pressure campaign was led by Giuliani, but senior officials, including Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, were aware. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. More on all of this coming up and sound cuts you don't want to miss. All right, bud, this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The man who brought NBA basketball to Orlando now wants to know if there's any interest in getting Major League Baseball in the city. More from Rory O'Neill. It was Pat Williams who brought the magic to town more than 30 years ago. Now he wants the city to get behind his idea for the Orlando Dreamers. 250,000 responses from people saying, yes, we want to be a Major League Baseball town. 40,000 people saying, yes, I'm a season ticket prospect. William says it's too early to talk about stadiums, investors, or tax money, but if you go by his timetable, Williams dreams of a first pitch in Orlando in 2027. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. Alan, you and I are the big baseball fans here on the team, and uh, I'm looking forward to leading the debate with you on whether or not this is a realistic dream and whether Major League Baseball could work in Orlando. We'll do it in the 8 o'clock hour. Deal? It's a deal. Construction workers are credited with saving a girl from drowning in Brevard County. The workers were at a home on Plum Avenue in Merritt Island yesterday when they saw a one-year-old fall into a canal next door. Fire Rescue says one of the workers performed CPR and revived the child. The girl was flown to an Orlando hospital. There's no word on her condition. Legislation filed at the state capitol is aimed at making Florida's residential swimming pools safer. 
Senate bill sponsor Ed Hooper is a retired firefighter who responded to child drowning calls during his career. I don't want to see a mother or a father or a sister or brother or a neighbor to have to go through that tragedy of seeing a kid drown in their pool in their backyard. The bills would mandate at least two of five approved safety features be in place when new pools are built or before homes with existing pools can be sold. Currently, homeowners need just one of those safety features. And one of the most decorated drivers in stock car racing is taking his final lap. Jimmy Johnson announced in a video on Twitter that the 2020 season will be his last behind the wheel of the number 48 car in the NASCAR Cup Series. Johnson is tied for the most all-time top division titles with seven and currently tied for sixth on the all-time wins list. I think that's one of the struggles NASCAR is having is a lot of these superstars, you know, at some point in time just back away from it for one reason or another. Earnhardt Jr., um, Johnson, Mm -hmm. who else? Number 24, you know, a whole bunch of the rest of them. That's right. WFLA News time is 6.05. A company will pay someone $3,000 a month to smoke marijuana. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. PM Orlando, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. News Radio WFLA Orlando. It's Jeff Gordon. I was trying to think of that name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I couldn't think of it either. You know what? I can't take credit for this, but it came into the text line from our buddy Joe Larkin, who said, Bud Man, between impeachment and the debate with the Democrats last night, uh, this was a two-roll duct tape tape. See? Duct tape day. Oh, and no. that's exactly what happens. I got my head taped up because it was just about to explode like Joe's, and we are ready to go, and we'll start out here talking about what happened and didn't happen in the impeachment hearing yesterday, and uh, stay tuned on that. It will be interesting. The Democrat debate, not very interesting, but some things I need to say and some things I want you to hear. They're ahead. So Alan will bring us the news all morning as our co-host, and uh, Yaffe's our executive producer, and Melissa will be taking your calls. If you want to weigh in on what happened with the impeachment hearing yesterday, Democrats thought they had Trump dead to rights, but not so fast. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. We're ready to go. And we will update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. It's 6.07 on Good Morning Orlando. Local headlines now. One person hurt after a fire in Orange County that took the lives of three dogs. The fire broke out yesterday on Sabre Street near Goldenrod Road. We have no word yet on the person's condition or the cause of the fire. Firefighters were able to save three other dogs' lives, though. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes on our top stories throughout the morning on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeart Radio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. All right, tighten up the duct tape. Here we go. We are ready with the impeachment hearings. It went a total of 12 hours again yesterday. The big star, of course, was the European Union ambassador from the U.S., Gordon Sondland, uh, been a big-time Trump donor and ally for a long time. A lot of people think he got thrown under the bus by, uh, uh, by the Republicans yesterday. Uh, and, and the Democrats and the, and the Trump-hating uh, media machine as well were going out of their minds with glee. They thought they had the president with the early testimony 
relating to the quid pro quo from Sondland. Let's start with that. I know that members of this committee frequently frame these complicated issues in the form of a simple question. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. After Sondland's... Okay, now, more on that in a moment. The media went crazy when there was a break, when Schiff went out to, uh, you know, to tout all of this to the, to the salivating media on television, the likes of CNN's Jeffrey Tubin and MSNBC's Brian Williams and more here. Well, this was, this was it. This is what they've waited for. This was devastating. This might be it for the president. Now we know that every fantasy about how corrupt this administration was is actually true. Our live coverage of the blowtorch testimony this morning from Gordon Sondland turns out to be the guy who has offered the most stunning testimony. In addition to that, Michelle, we've heard about this was an IED from Mr. Sondland. As you said, taking a blowtorch to every defense Donald Trump has offered. We don't say this very often anymore because it's rarely true, but I think today changed everything. And then the scene shifted as the president was on his way to Austin, Texas for a corporate event. He came out of the White House and he said this, having watched the hearings, quite obviously. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky, President Zelensky, to do the right thing. So here's my answer. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Then he says, this is the final word from the president of the United States. I want nothing. Now, the diffusing of the big quote-unquote bombshell here in a montage put out by the White House. Some pretty good stuff in here. I want you to listen closely with what the media and the Democrats don't want you to hear, don't want you to know. Again, I don't recall President Trump ever talking to me about any security assistance, ever. Um, did the president ever tell you personally about any preconditions for anything? No. Okay, so the president never told you about any preconditions for the aid to be released? No. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. You called President Trump to ask him, what do you want from Ukraine? He responded, I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he ran on, and what he ran on was fighting corruption, correct? Correct. President said, quote, no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want President Zelensky to do the right thing, do what he ran on, end quote. Is that correct? That's correct. Wow. And there you go. So, you know, Yaffe, when you were all over this because you had your show PM Orlando and, uh, and all of this was pretty fresh yesterday for the ride home between 5 and 6. What struck me about Sondland was, is they kind of undid the big bombshell, yeah. quote-unquote, here, uh, that the Democrats were all excited about and the Trump-hating media as well, was, you know, he was presuming a lot of things, some things he didn't know, and it became pretty clear 
that if there's a quid pro quo, it's not on the issue of, um, you know, money goes to the Ukraine if they'll investigate the Bidens and, you know, others suspected of corruption in the Ukraine. It was more about, um, hey, if you want the money over there, if you want to get the meeting, Zelensky, with Trump, um, you know, we got we to gotta yeah. have some help with the investigations there. Well, I mean, that's the part where he said he has direct evidence. Everything else, you're right. He sort of presumed what the president thought. I mean, the testimony from Sondland, I wouldn't say was good for Trump. And, no. But it's not as damaging as everyone kind of made it out to be initially. I think the White House is kind of looking at it as a draw. And when I look at it in retrospect, I think that's about where we are here. Um, you know, and, and the president pretty much says... You know, if that's the best you got, game over. Right. Well, you know, the Orlando Sentinel is saying that uh, quid pro quo and Sondland said it. Yeah, he did. But in his, it was in his opening statement that he said it indeed happened. And what he was referring to was a White House visit, not the aid. That's the point I'm making. And I just don't understand why people don't get that. It's right there, man. I mean, they just want to chop it all up on us. Take it out of context. Well, as far as, as the Democrats and the Trump-hating media was concerned, it was all over, you know, in the first hour with that opening statement. But there was much more to come. And in the cross-examination, well done, I think, by most of the Republicans, uh, you know, you suddenly realized uh, exactly where the focus was if there was a quid pro quo, and it wasn't where everybody thought it was, who's trying to take the president down here. I still think you have a very shaky ground for an impeachment and removal of a president of the United States that would have the founding fathers rolling over in their graves. But I got to agree with Trump's tweet last night that if this was a big uh, fight, you know, a prize fight, they'd have called it by now. I mean, I don't understand why the Democrats don't just shut this thing down right now. But, of course, we know that's not going to happen. Are you kidding? You don't know why understand. the Democrats don't? Well, you know why. <laughs> we okay. all know why. They oh, think they can't beat him in 2020. They wanted him <laughs> out since he got elected and even before. And they're going to take this thing all the way. They'll impeach him in the House. The Senate will stand strong by anything we have, including what went down yesterday. And the president will not be removed from office. And I think this is going to kill the Democrats in 2020. There you go. Any further thoughts on that, Mike? Well, I mean, I was just saying, I'm not sure I buy Trump's defense, though, because I think we're getting caught up in the words quid pro quo. There obviously was some concerns that Trump had with Ukraine, which is why he was withholding the aid. One of the most corrupt countries on earth by any measure. And he's not a big fan of just, we've always given this foreign aid to get him on our side to do what we want him to do. So we keep on giving. And he's... He is the disruptor. He's the guy that says, wait a minute. He got elected to get into Washington, drain the swamp, and stop doing business as usual. And foreign aid is one area that he's always had a problem with, and so do we. And I agree with him, and I think what you just said should be his defense. Instead of just saying no quid pro quo, no quid pro quo, he should come out and say, I withheld the aid for a good reason. But honestly, I'm not hearing enough of that from Trump. Well, maybe we'll hear more. Yeah, hopefully. You know, if he's listening, he's always up and at him. He should be listening right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, he can tweet so. at this hour. He can listen to us, right? <laughs> I'll check the president guy. The iHeartRadio app anywhere mm-hmm. on earth, a crystal clear signal. Okay, Mr. President, what about you on what we've said and what you've heard and what went down yesterday here that for a while had the Democrats and the Trump-hating media, you know, thinking, we finally got him. Not so fast. Not by a long shot, at least as we see it. How do you see it? 407-916-5400.
Join us on the text line if you'd like at 23680. We roll on with an update quickly here in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now, economic and financial news. It was a down day on Wall Street amid fresh China trade worries. Stocks pulled back from record highs and reports that a partial trade deal between the U.S. and China will not be completed this year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down more than 100 points. The S&P down 12. NASDAQ off 44. More on all of this in the Bloomberg Business Report at 635. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Hunter Gordon Sondland testimony yesterday in the impeachment hearing in the House. Here's Robert in Oviedo weighing in, and a very good morning to you, Robert. How much of this did you get to watch, Bud, and man, what are your good, thoughts? Bud, man, good morning. The best is Dunya is calling out during break, shift running out to the media, trying to give them nuggets to keep their viewers with the aha moments that kept happening. Are, are they in an alternate universe? Where's the aha? You know, like some of the stuff is just pathetic. It's just getting pathetic. It's, it's all acting and soap operas, I think, to keep the viewers tuned in. And I mean, they, they just have nothing. You look at these debates. What a joke. It's a circus act. It's like grasping for straws to try to make something out of this impeachment. All right, listen, you know, when you're watching the, the opening statement there, uh, I mean, you realize how desperate the Dems and the anti-Trump media machine are. They, they grab on to everything. My God, yes, there's a quid pro quo. And, 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 and all of a sudden, it's not a potty break that they take. Schiff actually is running out to get with the media, just as you explained, and Nunez kind of blew his cover on that when they came back. It's, it's, you know, this was not a bathroom break here. And, uh, and then they went to work cross-examining Sondland for what he was clear on and what he was not clear on and making sure that we understood if there was any quid pro quo that it was different than what initially had been believed. Right, Robert? Yeah, Nunez has been outstanding. This guy, this guy's top notch. He, he just shined a light on him. He, he's amazing what he's been doing. He's I think amazing. Devin Nunes has been great, but I think Elisa Stefanik has been fantastic for the Republicans. Jim yeah. Jordan is always top shelf. John Ratcliffe yeah. as well. Robert, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, Alan, we live in interesting times. We do, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm wondering. Uh, while you've presented uh, both sides, you know, uh, Sondland's opening statement and then the response from the Republicans in the White House, I'm wondering uh, if the big takeaway for people in general, because we tend to look at headlines and then move on, is they're going to see the quid pro quo and not the full story as you have presented it. I don't know the answer to that. I'll tell you, in the 7 o'clock hour, I have some very, very interesting impeachment polling, which is fresh, so... We'll get to that. Right now, let's bring in Kevin. He's in Palm Bay listening this morning. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, bud. Yeah, you know, uh, Ambassador Sondland seems like he's pretty mixed up, full of contradictions, full of assumptions and presumptions. But in the end, uh, I think, you know, Jim Jordan and others in the Republican side basically got it out of him that there was no quid pro quo. There was no uh, promise of giving aid or anything else in, in respect to uh, doing any kind of investigation. I mean, he had to admit that basically in the end. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Texters are checking in with us this morning. What do you see? 
Yeah, one person said, uh, Bud, there is no draw here. You said it might be a draw on both sides. It says, game set and match, no grounds. Keep going, Dems. Dig that grave deeper. <laughs> Another one says, I compare it to Lucy and Charlie Brown. We'll keep pulling the football. The Dems keep landing on their butts every time. Tell you what, we're going to get uh, back into impeachment at 7 o'clock, and we'll add the polling into the mix. Um, I want to turn it over to my co-host, Alan, right now to get us up to date on the news so we can spend plenty of time on the Democrats' debate and give away a great prize later in the next half hour to our Sound Judgment game winner. It's all ahead, Alan. Yeah, but I'll do my best to set the table on that Democratic debate for you. And uh, we'll talk about the magic playing north of the border last night, those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It is 629. And as we bring in Alan with a news update right here, he will, as he does so well, set the table for a brief conversation here and some sound cuts related to the Democrats' debate last night, which I think is going to get quickly lost amidst all of the impeachment coverage, but they were at it. They were the 2020 Democratic presidential hopefuls debating for a fifth time last night in Atlanta. Among the topics discussed, voter suppression. The loss of blue states to President Trump in 2016, according to some Democrats, was the result of either suppressed or disenfranchised minority voters. We lost in, in Wisconsin because of a massive diminution, a lot of reasons, but there was a massive diminution in the African-American vote. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker on the MSNBC Washington Post debate. Former Vice President Joe Biden in his closing suggested it wasn't necessary for his party to despair. Let's take back this country and lead the world again. It's within our power to do it. Get up and take it back. In Atlanta, Eben Brown, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A training exercise is responsible for startling some residents in Orange County. Uh, residents took to Twitter last night to report hearing explosions in Winter Park and Maitland. Deputies say a training exercise was being conducted at an abandoned apartment complex near Lake Jim, but uh, no details were released. A big win for Polk County and the entire state of Florida. That's how Governor Ron DeSantis describes plans by Amazon to build a new distribution center there. The center will be located in Auburndale and employ up to 500 people at $15 an hour. Earlier this year, Amazon announced plans to hire up to 1,000 people at a cargo facility under construction at Lakeland Linder International Airport. Amazon currently employs more than 13,500 full-time workers in Florida. Rick Hoshul, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. The new SpaceX Starship rocket has suffered a setback. The Starship Mark 1 was being tested at the SpaceX test site near Brownsville, Texas yesterday when the prototype malfunctioned, sending plumes of white smoke billowing into the air. SpaceX said the purpose of the test was to pressurize systems to the max so the outcome was not completely unexpected. The Magic were outscored by 10 in the second quarter and never recovered in a 113-97 loss to the defending champion Raptors in Toronto. Head coach Steve Clifford says Orlando played better after halftime, but it wasn't enough. Up on the third quarter, we actually played well. If we could have made some shots, I mean, we were right there. We could have been down. That thing could have been 4-5 going into the fourth. Um, I like the way we played in the second half. Evan Fournier netted 21 points to pace Orlando, which remains winless on the road at 0-5. They're 6-8 overall, and the Magic visit Indiana on Saturday. WFLA News time is 635 if you miss any part of Good Morning Orlando, get caught up with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.
Headlining what we're about to talk about, that big softball game in Atlanta, a.k.a. the Democrats' debate, the fifth one they have had. Uh, just for the record, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren had uh, more airtime than anybody else, got about 13 minutes, followed by Buttigieg at 12 minutes, slightly more than Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, News Radio WFLA Orlando, and still on AM 540. By the way, if you caught any of the Democrats' debate, you want to get in early on the phones here. 407-916-5400 is the number, and our text line 23680. I've got to believe that the Democrats, if you could feed them truth serum and get the truth out of them, which would be hard to do, would come out of that debate thinking exactly the same thing I was thinking last night. We don't have anybody can beat Trump in 2020. We've got to get him in convicted, in, impeached and convicted and thrown out of office, or this guy's going to be around another five years. Now, that's what I think the Democrats would think based on what went down last night. It was a, you know, it was not a very contentious debate. What would you expect when you had a bunch of fellow liberals doing the questioning from MSNBC led by Rachel Maddow, for God's sake? There was one thing they all agreed on. Impeaching and convicting Trump is what it's all about. We have to establish the principle. No one is above the law. We have a constitutional responsibility and we need to meet it. I have made it very clear that this is impeachable conduct. We have a criminal living in the White House. And there is no question that in 2020, the biggest issue before us until we get to that tender moment is justice is on the ballot. Sadly, we have a president who is not only a pathological liar, he is likely the most corrupt uh, president in the modern history of America. That was Warren Klobuchar, Harris, and of course, Bernie Sanders. Now, Pete Buttigieg, it's interesting. He is now the front runner. He's shot up way above everybody else in the first caucus state, Iowa, and the first primary state, New Hampshire. You would think that the 10 on the stage, the other nine would be going for his throat. It was pretty much hands off. I have a thought on that in a moment, but here's a little bit on Buttigieg on, on wanting to be president the president who succeeds Trump. I'm running to be the president for that day the sun comes up and the Trump presidency is behind us, which will be a tender moment in the life of this country. And we are going to have to unify a nation that will be as divided as ever. You know, I just wondered for a moment, and I don't know, maybe they don't think he's a serious threat, even though he's spiked in Iowa and in New Hampshire. He looks like he's 19. He's openly gay. Is America ready for an openly gay president? All he has done has been mayor of a small city, South Bend, Indiana. That's pretty much it. Maybe, though, maybe, though, you're not going to get tough questions out of openly gay Rachel Maddow to openly gay Pete Buttigieg. I just wonder whether there was an unspoken thing going there. I'm just asking. Back to the, uh, the audio cuts now. Biden touting himself as the most prepared of all to be president. I've spent more time in the Situation Room, more time abroad, more time than anybody up here. I know every major world leader. They know me and they know when I speak, if I'm the president of the United States, who we're for, who we're against, and what we'll do, and we'll keep our word. All right, that's Joe Biden. Now, he was less gaff-prone, it appeared, than he has been in some of the other debates. But he still had slurs and, and lapses. 
and 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 just crazy stuff that he's saying. They're talking about violence against women, and Biden says we just have to keep on punching, punching, punching at the problem. You even believe that, Yaffe? Oh, you know, I mean, it, I, it just amazes me that he's still the front runner. Listen it's to this. And there was a campaign gaffe for Biden. At 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, they put this out. I'm leaving the fifth Democratic debate now. I hope I made you proud out there. And I hope I made it clear to the world why our campaign is so important. They put it out at 3 p.m. <laughs> the debate was six hours away. Mm. And I don't know what to tell you on that Hard score. To watch. Elizabeth Warren talked about tearing down the border wall that's up. And she started walking back her $52 trillion Medicare for all plans, saying it's still great, but we'll phase it in over time. That wow. has been killing her in the poll because everybody knows that would be a disaster for this country. Even the Democrats know that's not affordable, and it's something that will never, ever get passed. You know, so there was that. And... um any thoughts from your standpoint on the debate? I mean, I just have to say, one, Pete Buttigieg, he's pretty charismatic. I give him credit for that. But Biden, he's still technically the front runner. But why? <laughs> it's just so hard to watch. It it's amazing. is. I guess it's the other candidates are so out there that there's no other choice. I yeah. I feel bad for the Democrats. If that's the representation. You really do? Oh, I really do. I feel man. bad for Andrew Yang. You know, that oh, poor guy gets, yeah. like, two questions <laughs> or something. Right. Well, you know, I mean, he's not going to be president. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I know I, he's a smart guy and all of this, and he's got this idea about giving every American a 1000 bucks and blah, I blah, saw, blah, blah. I saw a tweet yesterday that said Tom Steyer paid millions of dollars to get one question per half hour or something <laughs> right? like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were out there on the ends, you know. Um, another debate coming up just, just before uh, a Christmas here. I'm telling you. If I'm a Democrat, I'm really coming out of that debate thinking, well, all of that was very nice. You know, I agree with a lot of what they say, but I don't think they got anybody can beat Trump there. Good God, isn't there somebody out there who can do it? You know, Bloomberg, Patrick, no, probably not. My God, we don't have anybody. In a moment, more pleasant matters, our sound judgment game. I know it is early, but you can get in and win a great prize. You are going to Holy Taco Moly. We've got four passes for this great, great event in Orlando and more tacos done more ways than you have ever seen or ever will see or taste anywhere on the planet. It's the first ever Holy Taco Moly, and we want to send you there. Get in early, and if you haven't won in 30 days, you're eligible. 407-916-5400. Love to hear from you. Don't leave me high and dry. I got a great question right now coming up. 407-916-5400. Toll free, 866-916-5400. And if this prize is not your cup of tea or your taste, give it to somebody else. They'll love you for it. This is an amazing event coming up, and we're sending you and three others to it. Holy tacamole! It's Sound Judgment after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines and looking ahead to our second hour will be with us for some impeachment talk. Congressman Adam Schiff says it is clear there was a quid pro quo in the Ukraine scandal. Talking with reporters at the Capitol, the California Democrat and head of the Intel Committee in the House said testimony by Ambassador to the European Union Gordon Sondland 
goes to the heart of the issue of bribery. During the House impeachment hearing, Sondland said there was a quid pro quo and that everyone was in the loop. But there's a lot more to all of this, as you will hear. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories uh, all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Stay ahead of the storm with Operation Stormwatch on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Always dangerous to play sound judgment so early. It's tough to get people to give a call on the phone, which is how we play the game. But I do have a line or two open right now. There are three contestants in place ready to go. 407-916-5400 and our text line 23680. We don't use. We use the toll-free number at 866-916-5400. What about the prize right now? you got to call in and play the game for this. Yeah, it's an awesome prize. Four pack of tickets for the inaugural Holy Taco Moly. It's this Saturday, noon to 6 p.m., downtown Orlando. It's going to be a really great time. You will be able to go taco crazy. All kinds of selections from restaurants as well as food trucks. If you've never done the food truck deal, you definitely will enjoy this experience. It is a family-friendly event, and you can get your own tickets if you don't want to play along. Just go to holytacomole.com. Weather looks like it'll be fabulous as well. I still have the toll-free at 866-916-5400, and here we go. You're going to have to listen closely here. For today's Sound Judgment game, we send birthday wishes to an Academy Award-winning actress who shot to stardom in a hit TV comedy show in the late 60s and is still around today. Listen to some sound of her playing her familiar dumb blonde role and then use your sound judgment to give me her name and tell me how many candles will be on her birthday cake today. I'm not pretending I really am dumb. (laughs) Yeah, I am. You know, and what's more, I'm proud of it. Dumb is beautiful. (laughs) And who are the scientists and the statesmen and the generals who run all the government, make all the wars, and um, the dumb people? (laughs) No, the smart people. That's right. Recognize that voice. Tell me who she is and how old she is. It's her birthday today. Line one. Go ahead and good luck. I have no idea. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Okay, thank you. Couple of lines available, 407-916-5400. Do you recognize the voice of that iconic actress? And can you tell me how old she is today? Line two, you're up. Line two, you're up. I'll put you on hold, see if we can wake up line two. 407-916-5400. You know who that actress is. Remember Laugh-In? Do you remember that show? 407-916-5400, won an Academy Award, supporting actress in Cactus Flower. Line three, who is that, and how old is she today? Is it Goldie Hawn? Yes. And And uh, how old? Is she uh, 64? No, no. Um, But it's Goldie Hawn, that we know. Line four, how old is she? It's her birthday today. Go ahead. How old? Yeah. No, she's older than that. Quite a bit. Line one, how old is Goldie Hawn? It's her birthday. 74. We have a winner. All right. This is taking too much out of me to sound judgment game. <laughs> Congratulations to you. You are going to Thank Holy Takamoli with three others on us. Give me your first name. I'll pop you a note, okay? Yes, sir. It's Tom from Coco. Tom, welcome aboard. Thanks for listening, and congratulations, my friend. 
Thank you. Don't go away. Put you on hold. You and the Fox will work it out. I loved Ronan Martin's Laugh-In, which uh, I guess premiered in 1968. <laughs> it was that and the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. Those were my two favorite shows at the time. Yeah, I remember them when we were a whole lot younger. And Goldie Hawn's a whole mm. lot older, but I've seen her. She still looks pretty good. And... Uh, and she she turned into a great dramatic actress as well as as a comedic actress. And she wore a bikini very well on Laugh In. Yeah, we were talking about that. Off you weren't air. too young to notice that, right? <laughs> no, no, no. She's a walking Me Too tattoo at this point, though. If you go back and watch it, it's like, oh my goodness, how they get away with that? Yeah, I hadn't noticed that. Here come the judge. <laughs> of course, she wasn't as hot as Ruth Buzzy, but you know who is? <laughs> oh please! I'm sorry. Did you say Joanne Morley? <laughs> Boring. <laughs> <laughs> WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Thursday at 7 o'clock as we update Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour the Sondland Show on Capitol Hill. More in one minute. Impeachment highlights and other lights coming up on Good Morning Orlando. 704 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. The impeachment hearing featured U.S. Ambassador to the EU Gordon Sondland, a Trump political appointee, testifying for hours in front of the House Intelligence Committee. Sondland early on spoke about the power of the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. We worked with Mr. Giuliani because the president directed us to do so. After testifying, there was a quid pro quo for Ukraine to get a White House meeting and military aid. Republican aides say questioning by Ohio Republican Congressman Mike Turner was a game changer. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. So you really have no testimony today that ties President Trump to a scheme to withhold aid from Ukraine in exchange for these investigations. Other than my own presumption. Which is nothing. On Capitol Hill, Mike Emanuel, Fox News. Yeah, we'll have more on that. And I think the Turner thing really diffused the big bombshell. And we'll we'll hear more on both sides of this in a moment, Alan. All right, bud. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The man who brought professional basketball to Orlando now wants Major League Baseball in the city beautiful. Magic co-founder Pat Williams says he'd be happy with a new expansion team or if another team moved to the city. If a team were to move, that's one thing. If if it, it ends up being an expansion team, I think the community would have a, uh, you know, a strong emotional tie either way. Williams says it's too early to talk about a stadium site or how much this would cost. First, he wants to measure public support for a baseball team, inviting residents to the website orlandodreamers.com. We're going to see what you think about that prospect in our 8 o'clock hour. I can tell you this, Pat Williams already has the name for the team. The Orlando Dreamers. There you go. I don't know about that one, but we'll talk with baseball in Orlando at 8 o'clock. Yeah, you know, the, the abbreviation is OD. And I could OD on baseball anytime. I know you can, and you have. A state senator is betting on sports gambling. 
Pinellas County Republican Jeff Brandis proposing a bill that would make it legal in the state, operated at self-service kiosks, paramutuals, and anywhere lottery games are currently sold. But then you could imagine facilities that might be specific to sports stadiums or adjacent to sports stadiums because a big portion of wagering is wagering during the game or wagering on specific players. Brandis says sports betting would be run by the Florida Lottery and proceeds would go to education. One person is hurt after a fire in Orange County that took the lives of three dogs. The fire broke out early yesterday on Sabre Street near Goldenrod Road. There's no word on the person's condition or the cause of the fire. Firefighters were able to save three other dogs. Good news if your New Year's resolution includes quitting smoking. You can get a head start on scratching that off your to-do list thanks to the Great American Smokeout, the nationwide event designed to help the more than 34 million Americans who smoke kick the habit. Nikki Chuck with the Florida Department of Health says they want cigarette smokers and vapors to quit, but going cold turkey may not be the best idea. We definitely recommend using the nicotine replacement therapy. The program and the health department likes to use the proven method of slowly weaning yourself off of nicotine. More than 16 million Americans live with a smoking-related disease, even though cigarette smoking rates have dropped from 42% in 1965 to 14% in 2017. Wendy Grossman, News Radio, WFLA, Orlando. WFLA News time is 707 a viral video shows kids excited to meet the grinch get terrified and run away when they do meet him you can watch it online at wflaorlando.com nothing like watching kids run in terror for amusement yes like us on facebook follow us on twitter at wfla orlando thank you the second hour of good morning orlando starts now Dave Ramsey, weekdays 3 till 5 p.m., News Radio WFLA, Orlando. The inimitable Alan Spector, my co host and good friend. Yaffe's our executive producer in the control room. Alongside him, taking your calls, Melissa, a.k.a. The Fox. We're uh, talking about impeachment yesterday. If you got a take on it and you want to get in early, I got new polling, which is interesting, and the Democrats better start taking notice of this. 407-916-5400, and our text line is 23680. Standard message and data rate supply, first name in town, always welcome. Join the conversation. We're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on Good Morning Orlando. It is 709. Headlines from our There Are Heroes Among Us file. Construction workers credited with saving a girl from drowning in Brevard County. The workers were at a home on Plum Avenue in Merritt Island yesterday when they saw a one-year-old fall into a canal next door. Fire Rescue says one of the workers performed CPR and revived the child who was flown to an Orlando hospital. We have no update on her condition. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. All right, you've been hearing all about this quote unquote bombshell yesterday at the impeachment hearings in the House before the Intel Committee, Schiff and the rest of the gang there, authored by um, Gordon Sondland, who is the European Union ambassador from the United States, been a Trump ally and a big-time Trump donor during the 2016 campaign. Let's listen to how that went down. I know that members of this committee frequently frame these complicated issues in the form of a simple question. Was there a quid pro quo? 
As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. And the anti-Trump media machine cranked up, Schiff ran out, talked to reporters, and listened to a little montage from the Trump-hating media, CNN, MSNBC types salivating. Now we know that every fantasy about how corrupt this administration was is actually true. Our live coverage of the blowtorch testimony this morning from Gordon Sondland turns out to be the guy who has offered the most stunning testimony. In addition to that, Michelle, we've heard about this was an IED from Mr. Sondland. As you said, taking a blowtorch to every defense Donald Trump has offered. We don't say this very often anymore because it's rarely true, but I think today changed everything. Well, maybe, maybe not, because when they got back into session, the Republicans went after Sondland, who often wasn't real clear on what he knew or what he presumed, you know, didn't remember certain things along the way and could be a shaky witness at times. Enter Republican congressman from Ohio, Mike Turner, with Sondland. Again, I don't recall President Trump ever talking to me about any security assistance, ever. Um, did the president ever tell you personally about any preconditions for anything? No. Okay, so the president never told you about any preconditions for the aid to be released? No. Is it correct no one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations? Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. You called President Trump to ask him, what do you want from Ukraine? He responded, I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he ran on, and what he ran on was fighting corruption, correct? Correct. President said, quote, no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want President Zelensky to do the right thing, do what he ran on, end quote. Is that correct? That's correct. That was the always impressive Elise Stefanik backing up um, Mike Turner among the Republicans in the cross-examination. So much for the big blowtorch bombshell. Suddenly, the president popped up outside the White House. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky, President Zelensky, to do the right thing. So here's my answer. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Then he says, this is the final word from the President of the United States. I want nothing. President was shouting over the uh, rotors of Marine One. He was on his way to Austin, Texas, which is why I think that's, I hope that's why he was talking that loud. But anyway, um, there's the big bombshell uh, defused. And, and now we are refocused on the reality that the quid pro quo, whatever it was, did not involve what the Democrats have been claiming, that um, that they're going to have to investigate the Bidens, the Ukrainians, to get the aid money. That any quid pro quo is focused on, hey, President Zelensky from the Ukraine, if you want to meet with the President of the United States, 
to, you're going to have to do in order to get that meeting. The uh, we're going to have to have the investigation. So it is it is different than what the uh, Democrats and the anti-Trump media machine uh, were salivating over. Do I see a game changer here? I got to be honest with you, I don't. But you may see it a different way. Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. Your take on it all. Welcome and our. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Give us your first name in town if you'd like, and uh, we continue. We'll get Yaffe, we'll get Alan, we'll get the Fox, Melissa, uh, involved in all of this, but we'd like to hear from you. Priority for our callers, as always, 407-916-5400. Welcome. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch on a Thursday morning. An update right now for you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now, actress Lori Loughlin and her husband are pleading not guilty to the latest charges against them in that college admissions scandal. Lawyers for the Full House star and her husband, fashion designer Massimino Giannulli, entered the plea for federal bribery charges yesterday. The couple is charged with paying a half a million dollars to get their daughters admitted to the University of Southern California when they weren't qualified to go. Updates at least every 10 minutes on the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Couple of notes from the world of polling on the impeachment hearings. Gallup's uh, new poll is out from November 1st through the 14th, failing to show a noticeable impact of the impeachment hearings in Congress on the president's approval. In fact, it has ticked up Two points in Gallup from 41 to 43 since the public hearings uh, began. And then there is the Battleground Wisconsin poll by, um, Mark, by the Marquette Law School. And this is interesting. In the new poll, 40% of registered voters in the critically important battleground state of Wisconsin, narrowly won by the president in 2016, 40% of registered voters think that Trump should be impeached and removed. But there's a 13-point gap there. 53% do not think so. Before the public hearings began, 44% favored impeachment and removal from office, while 51 were opposed. So um, it'll be interesting to see as further polling uh, is, is revealed in other battleground states, and Florida would be, would be among them, as to whether or not that emboldens the Democrats to keep charging forward with, I think, this, this effort that is destined to fail uh, or whether it will cause them to hit the brakes. Yeah, I was I was noting the dates, though, on the Gallup poll, the first one you cited. Uh, the survey ran through the 14th, which right. is a full week ago, really before the impeachment hearings really took uh, center stage on TV. So it's hard to tell, you know, so far, at least according to that survey, yeah. what the impact has been of the televised hearings. It's also interesting, Wisconsin, which has historically been a Democrat and blue and liberal state, right. uh, showing um, more favoritism toward the president as far as impeach or not impeach. Yeah, 40 to do it, 53 to not do it. Yeah. So uh, we'll see there. Your takeaways, Yaffe, from this, you were all over the impeachment drama yesterday for your show, PM Orlando, from 5 to 6 every night on the ride home. Well, the Democrats still have not proven that the reason why aid was withheld was to get the Bidens. That's what they would have to prove if they want to make a case for impeachment. We do know that the aid was withheld for a time, but it seems like there are many different reasons, and it seems like someone was just assuming one of those reasons. 
Now, maybe the communication within the administration isn't the greatest. It kind of seemed like that because some of the testimony was kind of confusing from Sunderland yesterday. Um, but they still haven't proven their direct thing. And they keep saying this word extortion, extortion. Well, and if, bribery, that's the other yeah, one. Yeah, well, if withholding telling. aid is extortion, I mean, that's done in foreign policy all the time. Absolutely. Look at what we're doing with Iran right now. We're putting sanctions on them. Well, is that extortion that's impeachable? No one's going to say that, but it's basically the same thing <laughs> when you think about it. It's a weak argument for throwing a president out of the office. Right. Out, of, out of office. You know, Bud, uh, my my brain muscles hurt because there's some serious mental gymnastics going on yesterday. I mean, Sondland literally said Trump directly told him what he wanted was nothing from Ukraine and wanted no quid pro quo. Yet he assumed there was at some point. This whole thing's for show. Try and smear Trump as much as humanly possible right before an election so it's fresh in the mind of the voters. I just don't even think this is going to go to a vote. Now, am I you don't? Whoa, you now join Yaffe thinking we're not going to a vote on impeachment? Yeah. I can't believe the Democrats would eat that much crow as far down the road as they have gone, Schiff and and Pelosi, and as much as they loathe this president, that Uh they would would pull back? How would they explain that to their constituents? I think that they know the Senate's not going to approve, and sending it there is not going to solve anything. Second, they leave themselves in an awkward spot if they do send it to the Senate. Because two of their star candidates will end up getting hung up on the hearings rather than being out in the campaign Well, there trail. were six senators in the Democrat field right now, and they'd be held apparently hostage in Washington six hours a day, exactly. six days a week for a trial that McConnell mm-hmm. says could go on a long time yeah. past the uh, Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary, perhaps. Right. Yaffe, do you see them pulling back, and how would they ever sell that? I mean, I could see it happening. I don't know how they would sell it unless they did like a censure. You know, you were talking about the, earlier this week, they might just censure the president. It's or nothing like impeachment. Do, it would do be something like that, condemn him, resolutions. It would be like an that. utter I defeat, I think, from which they would never, never recover. You know, finally, I just want to say if they did really want to impeach, they would have done so based off the obstruction issues that Mueller showed. The lack of evidence in this BS quid pro quo is like 10% weaker than the obstruction stuff. So if it was really about impeachment, they had done it last year. Alan, I have to ask you, we're on this side of the glass. They're on the other side of the glass. And that's the way it should be. Well, I don't know. <laughs> do, you, do you buy well, into these, these two crazy people that the Democrats this far downstream would not vote to impeach this president? Uh, that would surprise me, bud. <laughs> it would me, too. I'm curious. Alan was going to make a point, Yeah, though, let's hear it, Alan. And he oh, was interrupted. Melissa was referring to the fact that uh, uh, of President Trump being on the phone call with Gordon Sondland saying, um, I want nothing there's no quid pro quo. Um, I had heard, and maybe you can clear this up for me, guys, the timing of that was interesting because it happened the same day the whistleblower report was delivered to the House Intelligence Committee. Some would suggest, hmm, maybe someone's trying to get this on the record. Right. No quid pro quo. I want nothing. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing to cover their butt. With regard to that, yeah, I saw the timeline, and you're right, it is very suspicious. As soon as they started going to this, uh, uh uh-oh, he started this very, very generic conversation with Sondland. So, yes. Well, I still think we had a bombshell that was largely diffused by cross-examination by the Republicans. Um, More coming up at the bottom of the hour. Alan, let's turn it over to you for folks joining us, wanting to get up to date on all the news. Your favorite folks, your uh, bud, Democrats facing off in Atlanta last yeah. night, and Amazon comes to Polk County. Those stories and others, plus elsewhere and traffic and weather together, 
in just two minutes, 7.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Beautiful-looking Thursday morning. Glad you are with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch. The Budman, Alan Yaffe, and the Fox until 9 o'clock. And Alan right now with an update on the other big event in um, in the political world that happened last night and is destined, I think, to be largely ignored in the grand scheme of things, another debate. We're not ignoring it, though, Bud. No, they, we're not. They faced off for a fifth time in Atlanta, 10 of the Democratic presidential hopefuls taking the stage, and their exchanges were not always friendly. Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard doesn't get admiration from California Senator Kamala Harris. It's unfortunate that we have someone on the stage who is attempting to be the Democratic nominee for President of the United States, who during the Obama administration spent four years full-time on Fox News criticizing President Obama. On the MSNBC Washington Post debate, Gabbard says she's trying to bring leadership change to the Democratic Party, and Harris doesn't like it. Continuing to traffic in lies and smears and innuendos because she cannot challenge the substance of the argument that I'm making. In Atlanta, Evan Brown, Fox News. More impeachment cuts in a moment. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The secret is out as to who's buying a huge piece of land in Polk County. Amazon came forward yesterday as the owner of a 1 million square foot parcel on C. Fred Jones Boulevard in Auburndale. Amazon will employ 500 full-time workers in a distribution facility, and the starting pay will be $15 an hour. Auburndale officials had known Amazon was interested in the property but couldn't say anything until now. At Cape Canaveral, it's one small step for Boeing as the company prepares its capsule for a test flight. The Starliner crew capsule moves to the launch pad ahead of its first test flight next month. The capsule that's designed to take humans to the International Space Station will be put on top of an Atlas V rocket for an unmanned test flight. A human hasn't launched from American soil since the shuttle program ended back in 2011. The Starliner test launch is set for no earlier than December 17th. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. The Orlando Magic lost the game and perhaps two of their stars as they were defeated by the defending champion Raptors at Toronto last night, 113 to 97. Center Nikola Vucevic and forward Aaron Gordon left early, both with ankle injuries. Magic head coach Steve Clifford says losing Vucevic is especially tough. When you lose your best player, it's hard to say you have more than enough. Uh, most positions, that one would be a. I can't lie to you, that'd be a big hit. Orlando now 0-5 on the road, 6-8 and overall. The Magic are at Indiana on Saturday. Elsewhere. 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 A $1 a night hotel sounds unheard of, but it does exist. And of course, there is a catch. The hotel in Japan only charges a buck a night in exchange for the room being live-streamed on YouTube. The new owner is hoping to boost revenue with advertising income instead. He just started the project three weeks ago and has almost 3,000 subscribers. Thankfully, there's no cameras in the toilet, and you can dim down the lights, but yeah. Well, okay, well, I'm not going to watch. No, I'm just (laughs) saying, in case people are wondering. And and people don't care anymore, you know? Kids nowadays, the social media, they they just don't even think about privacy. Apparently. A screenwriter is revealing in a new interview that a Hollywood studio executive suggested that a white actress play African-American abolitionist and political activist Harriet Tubman in the new biopic, Harriet. Oh, there'll be hell to pay. Gregory Allen Howard explained how one studio head suggested 
Julia Roberts play Tubman. Oh, oh, yeah, that'll work. When someone pointed out the flaw in the choice of actress, the exec chimed in that, quote, no one would know the difference. British... Uh, <laughs> who said that? A- an unnamed studio executive. Yeah, okay. okay, he was drunk. Wow. He must have, it's, go home, you're drunk. Uh, nobody know the difference. British actress Cynthia Erivo, who is black, was ultimately chosen for the role of Harriet Tubman. Finally, the Grammy nominations for the Best in Music are out, but I know you're a huge fan of R&B singer Lizzo. Oh, yeah, big who time. leads the pack <laughs> with eight nominations, including Album of the Year for Cuz I Love You. I know you have that on repeat. And you might remember this song, bud. I'm going to take my horse through the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. That's Billy Ray Cyrus, along with Lil Nas X, who is up for six Grammys. Billy Eilish is also up for six Grammys, and at 17 years old, is the youngest singer ever to be nominated in the top four categories, Best New Artist, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, and Record of the Year for this. I'm the bad guy. Duh. The 62nd Annual Grammy Awards will be hosted by Alicia Keys and televised on CBS on January 26th. Watching Bud listen to these in his convertible, you know, going down the road, it's, oh, very, yeah. it's very entertaining. Yeah, it's real fun. Yeah, yeah, he's got all over bobbing, the road. His, bobbing his head, he's man, the, he's into it. He's got the bass turned up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. L- listen to me. Let me make you a promise right now. My streak will be intact after next year's Grammys. I've never watched them. I won't be watching it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. come after, on. After I did this story, Bud's thinking, where's Vicky Carr? Oh, no. Find these stories and more on the Good Morning oh, Orlando on. page at WFLAOrlando.com. Find the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. Stop picking on the Bud man here. You're working me over. <laughs> well, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I thought that was my, in my job description. Uh, I know it's know, in I mine. thought all I had to do was worry about the liberals I run into in this town. My goodness. Anyway, in a moment, if you haven't caught them, because we talked about it earlier, we got some cuts from the debate last night between the Democrats. And uh, Buttigieg is like polling zero with black voters. He's now found a way, he thinks, to change that. He's going to play Harriet Tubman in yes. the new movie. Yes, yes, he is. All ahead here, right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on the Thursday edition of Good Morning Orlando. We'll get to debate highlights. We'll be hearing about uh, from Joe Biden, but we won't be hearing this. A DNA test confirms the son of former Vice President Joe Biden is the father of a baby in Arkansas. Hunter Biden had denied being the father, but is now not expected to challenge the results. The baby was born in August of last year when Biden was dating his brother's widow. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. News Radio WFLA Orlando. And still on AM 540. It's more than I can take. A marathon impeachment session and a marathon debate among the Democrats. Worse yet, it's on MSNBC with Rachel Maddow leading the questioning. 
one thing they could all agree on, they are just all over impeaching, convicting, and removing Trump. A little montage, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders. We have to establish the principle, no one is above the law. We have a constitutional responsibility and we need to meet it. I have made it very clear that this is impeachable conduct. We have a criminal living in the White House. And there is no question that in 2020, the biggest issue before us until we get to that tender moment is justice is on the ballot. Sadly, we have a president who is not only a pathological liar, he is likely the most corrupt uh, president in the modern history of America. Amy Klobuchar, a lot of people on social media said that they thought she was shaking or vibrating. And if you looked at her closely, her hair was vibrating when she was talking like she had like some kind of a, a tremor thing going the entire that, time. I've noticed that before with her when she talks. It's really, it seemed worse this time, though. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Uh, first time I really noticed it. Yeah, anyway, mm. well, who knows. Now, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, South Bend, Indiana, suddenly shot to number one among the Democrats in the first caucus state, Iowa, um, by, by, I don't know, eight or nine points suddenly. And also in the first primary state, New Hampshire. You would have thought they would have gone after him. They did not. They did not go after Buttigieg, and that is very, very interesting. Maybe, you know, you can't expect openly gay Rachel Maddow to uh, put the hammer down on openly gay Pete Buttigieg. Speaking of that aspect of Buttigieg's um, life, it looks like he may use it to try to gin up support among blacks. Like he's been discriminated against in his life as gays. They're discriminated against because they are people of color. And he actually pitched that last night. Listen to this. I welcome the challenge of connecting with black voters in America who don't yet know me. And I care about this because while I do not have the experience of ever having been discriminated against because of the color of my skin, I do have the experience of sometimes feeling like a stranger in my own country. Wow, is that the key to wooing the black vote? We'll have to see how that plays with Mayor Pete. Here's Biden touting his, um, his qualifications to be president, saying he is the most prepared for the job. I've spent more time in the Situation Room, more time abroad, more time than anybody up here. I know every major world leader. They know me and they know when I speak, if I'm the President of the United States, who we're for, who we're against, and what we'll do, and we'll keep our word. Fewer gas from Biden I was, reported, was reported last night. He's just turned 77, but he was fuzzy-headed at times and, you know, said some strange things, like they're talking about dealing with the violence against women's, and he said, women, and he keeps on, he said, we have to keep on punching, punching, punching against that problem. I mean, could you find another word? Anyway, uh, Booker and Biden, Cory Booker, legalizing marijuana. Booker wants it. Biden along among the Democrats, alone among the Democrats in questioning that. I, I have a lot of respect uh, for, for the vice president. He has swore me into my office as a hero. This week, I hear him literally say, that I don't think we should legalize marijuana. I, 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 I thought you might have been high when you said it. <laughs> and, and... I think we should decriminalize marijuana, period. And I think everyone, anyone who has a record should be let out of jail. Their record's expunged. It'd be completely zeroed out. But I do think it makes sense, based on data, that we should study what the long-term effects are for the use of marijuana. That's all it is. You know what, Yaffe, I think... 
this may actually improve the polling for the Democrats on improving and on impeaching and removing Trump from office. Because after watching the debate last night, all 10 of them up there, any honest Democrat will say, there's no way we beat him in 2020. The only way to get rid of him is through impeachment and conviction. Well, I mean, when uh, Joe Biden is your front runner, you, you, you have a problem. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I see a primary strategic problem here, and I've seen it all along. Looking at the people who are left, what, Harris, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, oh, they're Booker. They're going nowhere. Yeah, they're all going for a similar group as Biden, but all of them are playing like if they go after Bernie or Warren, things will still work out for them. I mean, I'm not saying they have to engage in personal attacks against Joe Biden, but they need to present a case for why they should be the candidate rather than just making arguments for why, you know, that there's. Well, I have another chance on the 21st of December, I'm told. And yet another. Oh, another. Oh, oh yeah. It keeps geez, on going. thought it was done. Oh. I think I'll be on vacation by then. You'll have to deal with it. Oh, Yaffe. boy. Oh. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here on the Thursday edition of the show, off the top of the 8 o'clock hour, as we update Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando, now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a witness says yes, there was quid pro quo. More in one minute. And Major League Baseball in Orlando. Our take and yours next on Good Morning Orlando. 804 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. America's ambassador to the European Union says President Trump never told him directly that planned U.S. military aid to Ukraine was conditional. But Gordon Sondland says Trump made it clear he wanted something from Ukraine. Sondland insisted during yesterday's House impeachment hearing that everyone was in the loop in a quid pro quo involving Ukraine. And the impeachment hearings continue today. This morning, lawmakers will hear testimony from Fiona Hill and David Holmes. Holmes, a State Department official, said he overheard a July call between President Trump and Ambassador Gordon Sunland, where the president asked about whether Ukraine would do the investigations. Hill, a former White House Russia expert, relayed concerns she and former National Security Advisor John Bolton had with the Ukrainian investigations that the president wanted. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The man who brought NBA basketball to Orlando now wants to know if there's any interest in getting Major League Baseball in the city. More from Rory O'Neill. It was Pat Williams who brought the magic to town more than 30 years ago. Now he wants the city to get behind his idea for the Orlando Dreamers. 250,000 responses from people saying yes. We want to be a Major League Baseball town. 40,000 people saying, yes, I'm a season ticket prospect. William says it's too early to talk about stadiums, investors, or tax money. But if you go by his timetable, William's dreams of a first pitch in Orlando in 2027. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. Well, it's not too early to talk about it here, and mm -hmm. we will in just a moment. Construction workers are credited with saving a girl from drowning in Brevard County. The workers were at a home on Plum Avenue in Merritt Island yesterday when they saw a one-year-old fall into a canal next door. 
Fire Rescue says one of the workers performed CPR and revived the child. The girl was flown to an Orlando hospital. There's no word on her condition. Legislation filed at the state capitol is aimed at making Florida's residential swimming pools safer. Senate bill sponsor Ed Hooper is a retired firefighter who responded to child drowning calls during his career. I don't want to see a mother or a father or a sister or brother or a neighbor to have to go through that tragedy of seeing a kid drown in their pool in their backyard. The bills would mandate at least two of five approved safety measures be in place when new pools are built or before homes with existing pools can be sold. Currently, homeowners need just one of those safety features. One of the most decorated drivers in stock car racing is taking his final lap. Jimmy Johnson announced in a video on Twitter that the 2020 season will be his last behind the wheel of the number 48 car in the NASCAR Cup Series. Johnson is tied for the most all-time top division titles with seven and currently tied for sixth on the all-time NASCAR wins list. WFLA News Time is 8.07. An Indiana police officer is fired after stopping black men for, quote, acting suspicious. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. We're going to shift out of impeachment and Democrat debate talk here. We've been all over that for the last two hours, other things as well, uh, to focus on this pitch for Major League Baseball here in Orlando by Pat Williams, who you know, really was the driving force to bring the Orlando magic of the NBA to create that team here in Orlando. He's already named the team the Orlando Dreamers. Uh, I don't know about that, and neither does some of you, by the way, on the text line. But the whole idea of Major League Baseball here, do we want it, can we get it, and would it succeed? Those are the questions for you. Join us on this because we're going to debate it here in a moment. 407-916-5400. We'll give priority to our callers. The toll-free 866-916-5400. If you got something to say on the text line, and some of you already do, that's always open. Standard message and data rate supply. First name and town welcome. Text us at 23680. Alan? We're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on Good Morning Orlando. It's 808. Headlines, got your flu shot? Listen up. The flu season's already active in 30 states. It's been happening way earlier than usual. The CDC says widespread flu activity is reported not only in Florida, where we have nine cases for sure, perhaps more, but also California, Louisiana, and Maryland. Health experts say the best defense is, in fact, a flu shot. Updates at least every 10 minutes on the top stories for you all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. You know, Alan, it's not the first time Pat Williams, who brought the magic to Orlando, has tried to bring baseball here as well. Yeah. You know, we, we had a shot at, uh, at, at the team that became the Tampa team and a shot at the team that became the Miami team right. here. And neither one of those are great success stories in terms of fan support. But would Major League Baseball work here in Orlando? And what would it take to get a team? I have to first admit I'm not objective when it comes to baseball in Orlando because I am a rabid baseball fan and have been 
for most of my life. Yeah, you're like I was a number of years ago. Uh, the 94 strike took some of my love for the game out. Plus, I just find it to be slow, and I think long-term uh, baseball is kind of going to be a slowly declining sport because it is too slow for the new generation coming up, you know, that, that is reared on video games and the fast pace images, et cetera, that baseball can never provide. I worry about the viability of baseball here and elsewhere long-term. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned uh, the problems that the Tampa Bay Rays have had, which I think are due in part to the location of their stadium. Where We've, would you put a stadium here? Uh, in Orlando? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you where it has to go in the tourist area, and he spoke to that, Pat Williams did yesterday, pointing out that 75 million people come here, you know, and, and, and if they come here and they got a favorite team, they can incorporate that with their trip. And he says if 2% of the tourists go to a ball game, that's $1.6 million without even trying in, in terms of season attendance. So got to go in the tourist area. Maybe somewhere in the iDrive area. Got to. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think it can succeed. And, and Pat Williams is, uh, looks like he's doing uh, the same thing with baseball he did with the Magic, which was to gauge public support. And he enlisted people to come and sign up and say, I will buy season tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we he had something like 14,000 signups, and that impressed the NBA enough to consider Orlando as a franchise, and we eventually got the magic. We ever build a stadium, and he says, you know, it's too early to talk about that, but we need to think about this. I don't want the taxpayers on the hook for it, that's for sure. That was my original thought. That if we have to build a stadium, totally fine with it. Just don't think the taxpayers should be paying for it. Now, boys, I don't know if you realize it, but I am also a rabid baseball fan myself. And Florida has a ridiculous amount of transplants that retire from the Northeast. The Rays and the Marlins games have just about the same away fans from the AL and the NL East as the hometown crowd. And you cannot ignore the fact that those two teams, again, the Rays and Marlins, have the lowest two drawing squads in the MLB if not the bottom five in just about every season in the last decade. And you know, it, look at spring training in Florida. Uh, you'll see stadiums packed across the state. You know, I go to see Yankee games in Tampa, right. and I have to buy the uh, the tickets as soon as they go on sale before spring training season. Otherwise, they're completely sold out. Same here when I want to see the Pirates or Red Sox in spring training. To me, the two things that scream Major League Baseball are we are the largest media market without a Major League Baseball team, Pat Williams pointed out. 18th in the country. Every other larger media market has a Major League Baseball team. Um, And then we have this unique influx of people from all over. We don't have to depend upon, even though we have a growing metro area here by leaps and bounds, um, we don't have to depend upon just our local fans for the reasons I cited. You've got all these fans coming in. A lot of them are, are baseball fans, and they're here for the attractions and the whole Central Florida experience take in a ball game, and man, what a great fan base that is beyond the locals. Yeah, sell travel packages that include a a game or two. That would help. Um, You know, Alan, I ask a question for you. Do you see Orlando as more of a viable spot for Tampa if their situation's untenable? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they're in such uh, disarray now. They're looking at splitting their season between Montreal and St. Petersburg. That, that'll that kill fan interest. Oh, yeah. That's that's going to kill fan interest in both cities because yeah. neither it's like neither one really has a team. Yeah. Is the, there's got to be a better alternative than that, and I think moving to Orlando would be one. I yeah. like it. We don't need a third MMOB team. We need owners in Florida that don't actively drive away the fan base. 
Well, yeah, there you go. It's a complicated thing over in Tampa. The location way out in St. Pete, it's hard to get to, et cetera, et cetera. Yet the Rays continue to put a good product on the field. Yes, they do. It's remarkable what they do. But I think getting a team, you know, getting the Rays in a central location like, you know, like Boomtown, like Orlando here would be great. Um, I don't care for the name Dreamers, do you? Not, I wasn't. Uh, Sounds kind of wimpy. All, I wasn't all that excited what about else, that. What else would it be, though? I mean, what, what do you, well, we I don't know. thinking of Orlando. We can take suggestions on that as well this yeah, morning. Yeah, I think we should. The Orlando Pitbulls. We got plenty of them. You know, okay. something a little tougher. Uh, uh. How about the Pitbulls? Would that be good? Well, better than the Poodles, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The Dotsons. What about it? Here, here, here's the question for you, and respond on the phone, 407-916-5400. We'll give you priority there. We're going to have to move quickly, so be quick and focused. Give us 30 seconds, if you can, on Major League Baseball. Um, do you want it? Can we get it? And will it succeed? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where we welcome first name and town. Quick break, and then... Uh, Step to the plate with us here after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on Good Morning, Orlando. Headlining the story we're talking about, Pat Williams dreaming big again. The man who helped bring the NBA to Orlando now wants to bring a Major League Baseball team here, wants to call it the Dreamers. He has started a website. You can go check it out, orlandodreamers.com. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning, Orlando. Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. A lot of our texters don't like the name Dreamers, you know? One saying that Obama screwed up the name Dreamers, you know? We could have the DACA kids as uh, mascots, et cetera, et cetera. We'll never go to a game for a team that is pl- called the Dreamers. Yeah, I guess it's not going to work. Don't yeah. they usually name ball teams after socks? What we have a lot of names that people are suggesting. Oh, the inclusions, huh? The inclusions? Yeah, I see that. It says I have a name Bud would like uh, the inclu- well, Orlando inclusions. Buddy, he's talking buddy. about Buddy Dyer. Oh, King, King Pitbull, Buddy. Pitbull is downright stupid. I was just trying to be stupid. Okay, I know I don't have to try. You have succeeded. The Orlando traffic. Somebody said the Orlando traffic. What about the Orlando Owls? Wouldn't that be a hoot? (laughs) Alan, are you texting in again? Oh, come on. I caught you. Uh, You know, I was thinking about the name Dreamers, though. There are some possibilities with that. You could name the stadium the Field of Dreams. Ooh. You could have your theme song could be Dream On by Aerosmith. Yeah, not doing it. Classic. Okay. So there are some, uh, you know. About the Orlando Paramours. Please. No <laughs> paramours? That was a suggestion off the text line. Anyway, uh, Yaffe, um, give me a couple of long-form textures here beyond that. We're looking at, you know, names and silliness and all of this and, and whatever. One person said, uh, yes, they would like to see baseball here, but ticket prices are important. If someone has to pay $75 or more for a decent seat, a lot of people will just watch the games on TV instead of attending. Got another one that says, unless until they get a train and can get the cities that connect more places in major cities, they're not going to draw a crowd. Artie joining us from Kissimmee on Major League Baseball for Orlando. What about it, Artie? Good morning, everybody. Uh, what I was thinking was, if they wanted to test the viability of drawing the crowds to Orlando, uh, Pat Williams, for chance, could talk to MLB to get to bring some people to a stadium we already have. A wide world of sports at Disney, where the Atlanta Braves used to have the spring training. It's wide open. Uh, Disney would probably come in behind it a little bit. And I think in the past few years, I think once or twice, it has some short series games uh, out there already. 
maybe they could build that up to become the major league stadium, you know, but you're talking about test marketing and bringing the, the major league Braves down to play some games is what you're saying? Oh, Braves are, I think, I think when they had the short series the other year, I think it would actually be, uh, yeah, yeah that's, sorry, the Rays. Sounds they like brought the, the Rays, Rays over thing. for a, a series over at Disney. You know, and the, the problem with that Thanks, is, is, is going, is using that Disney park is these days part of the, uh, business of baseball is having a brand new stadium that it becomes an attraction in and of itself that uh-huh. has restaurants and and shopping and all this other stuff that goes with it and becomes you know part of the whole deal yeah with a billion dollar price tag and then some let's go to the phones to clay in orlando clay uh melissa tells us you worked for the miami marlins I, well florida marlins at the time not miami sorry yeah <clears throat> excuse me my throat was like um, I worked in ticket sales, actually, and a lot of the reason why that organization failed when it came to that was a lot of the tickets, I'd say roughly around 55 60%, were coming from northern South Florida, so Coconut Creek, Boca Raton, West Palm Beach, that area, Margate. And what they did was when they moved the stadium, they moved it 45 minutes south to an area of Miami that wasn't really attending the games in the first place. They just wanted to, they had the land with the old uh, University of Miami Stadium, so like, let's destroy that put this stadium up, and that's why their attendance has been horrific. Yeah, didn't they think that by moving it to more downtown Miami, they'd get uh, the Hispanic population? They did, but the problem was when you looked at the numbers internally, people weren't coming from that area of town, so Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that when it happened. There was a lot of protests internally. So what would you tell Pat Williams? What does Pat Williams need to know about making Major League Baseball here, based on your experience? I think it would actually work here pretty well. You need to find the money. The problem is we don't have a lot of large companies. I think there's only like one or two Fortune 500, 500 in this area. But for me personally, I think it would work. It needs to go into Town. The trialing of going to Walt Disney, I understand it. But the problem is if you've been to that stadium, it is not very inviting to fans that just do, don't want to watch baseball like, like you guys were talking about that's it's an experience to go to a game nowadays and you need to carry that over you know and the other carry. the other possible issue with putting um a baseball stadium in the tourist area is that maybe locals won't want to deal with the traffic situation they already have to deal with if they head to that part of town yeah, yeah they'd I, have I can, to I, I can see that being a problem oh yeah. and before i go because i know you're trying to make it quick the gentleman that texted in saying Orlando traffic, you're better off doing the Orlando jammers, and you can do it for traffic jam. It's easier, and you can make it like a music mascot. I yeah. like that. The jammers. Orlando jammers played off of traffic, but using that end of the phrase. Interesting. Cool. Two people have texted in separate folks saying, how about calling them the Orlando nightmares? What? It's crazy. <laughs> Don in Orlando and another person. As both. opposed to dream Nightmare. Got Nightmare. it, got it, got it. Clever, yeah. huh? Yeah, another one agreed with me that, that baseball is a slowly dying sport. I really worry about that for the reasons I cited. And you, you know, this is a long-term proposition. Well, that's something Major League Baseball is studying, and uh, yeah. hopefully they'll make some changes that uh, can make the game uh, more uh, appealing to the modern fan. They're going to have to do that because right now the fan base, you know, the average fan is 57 years old. They're not going to live forever, you know. You know, well, and, uh, we're seeing it in other sports as well. The NFL has seen declining attendance in recent years. Yep. Uh, in a moment, a groundbreaking heart study and Dr. Ken Kronhaus, my heart doctor, his take on it. He's our medical expert. Special appearance coming up. You don't want to miss this. Even if you don't have heart trouble, you know somebody you care about who does, I am sure. You'll want to hear what this study is all about. Could be a game changer. 
We'll get Dr. K's take on it. It is coming up here on Good Morning Orlando. But first, we got a news update, Alan. Democrats debate once again in the magic play north of the border. Those stories and others, plus elsewhere, and traffic and weather together in just two minutes. It's 829 on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning. Great to have you with us on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch. The Budman, Alan Yaffe, and the Fox until 9 o'clock. Dr. Kronhouse will weigh in on a major heart study that may change everything. But first of all, Alan with the news. The 2020 Democratic presidential hopefuls debated again last night in Atlanta. Plans to enact widespread single-payer health coverage were both discussed and discounted. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren took a lot of heat from fellow Democrats about her health care plan, but she wouldn't back down when asked about it on the MSNBC Washington Post debate. And in the first 100 days, I want to bring in 135 million people into Medicare for all at no cost to them. But the idea is not popular, especially since Warren herself said it will cost tens of trillions of taxpayer dollars. Joe Biden thinks it's politically dead. It couldn't pass the United States Senate right now with Democrats. It couldn't pass the House. In Atlanta, Eben Brown, Fox News. This news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A training exercise is responsible for startling some residents in Orange County. They took to Twitter last night to report hearing explosions in Winter Park and Maitland. Deputies say a training exercise was being conducted at an abandoned apartment complex near Lake Jim, but no details were released. This morning, local police and prosecutors will be talking more about the arrest of a suspected serial killer. Rory O'Neill has more on that from our newsroom. When police arrested Robert Hayes in West Palm Beach in September, they knew he was wanted for more than just the murder of Rachel Bay. He's suspected in killing several women in Daytona Beach between 2005 and 6, while he was a student at Bethune-Cookman University. Hayes is the prime suspect in the murders of Laquetta Gunther, Julie Green, and Iwana Patton. Police and prosecutors are holding a press conference later this morning to update their investigation. Rory O'Neill, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. The new SpaceX Starship rocket has suffered a setback. The Starship Mark 1 was being tested at the SpaceX test site near Brownsville, Texas yesterday when the prototype malfunctioned, sending plumes of white smoke billowing into the air. SpaceX said the purpose of the test was to pressurize systems to the max, so the outcome was not completely unexpected. The Magic were outscored by 10 points in the second quarter and never recovered in a 113-97 loss to the defending champion Raptors in Toronto. Head coach Steve Clifford says Orlando played better after halftime, but it wasn't enough. Up on the third quarter, we actually played well. If we could have made some shots, I mean, we were right there. We could have been down. That thing could have been 4-5 going into the fourth. Um, I like the way we played in the second half. Evan Fournier netted 21 points to pace Orlando, which remains winless on the road at 0-5. They're 6-8 overall in the Magic visit Indiana on Saturday. Elsewhere. There's a new entrant in the fried chicken war. I, I didn't what? know we got what? a war going on here. Yes, the fried chicken war, bud. Taco Bell plans to add crispy tortilla chicken tenders to its menu. The goal is to compete with Popeye's and Chick-fil-A. The new item features all white meat chicken marinated in a jalapeno buttermilk marinade and rolled in a tortilla chip coating and served with creamy chili pepper sauce. Mm. 
Sounds like my arteries are hardening again. You're a Taco Bell guy, Yaffe. Sounds what about amazing, it? actually. Yeah, I was going to say it's right up uh, Yaffe's alley. Great. Sounds like a thousand calories and a lot of grease. Yeah, well, Taco <laughs> Bell's going to test the crispy tortilla chicken tenders starting today in Texas and Ohio before launching them nationwide next year. It's not year. a sandwich, though. The whole thing was the sandwich wars. That's the only problem. Yeah, come on, Taco Bell. Step up. Okay. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very passionate about this. I, I, I didn't even know war had, had been declared. Did I, I miss something? Yo, you, yeah, the Chick-fil-A Popeyes thing? There's a war going on. That on the, I got. The other side of the glass, bud, right there now. There is right now. <laughs> I'm coming around. And they're coming our way. Yep. Green Giant is now in the record books for the largest serving of green bean casserole. The serving weighed in at a whopping 1,009 pounds yesterday in New York City. Estimates determine there were about 125,000 individually cut green giant green beans in the casserole, which comes out to about 1,069 cans. Additionally, the recipe called for 485 cans of mushroom soup, 65 quarts of milk, and 95 pounds of French fried onions. Ten chefs worked for eight hours to prep and cook the casserole, and it will feed 3,000 people at senior centers nice. across New York City. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah. I prefer to use the uh, chi- cream of chicken instead of the cream of mushroom myself. Do you? A little bit I've of never a heard twist. anybody doing yeah. that. actually sounds good. It is. What yeah. you need to do is toast up some slivered almonds and get them in there. Oh, I do that, then too. Then you got yeah. something yeah, it special. It brings it up, yeah. Mm. Other than that, I take, you know, one little scoop at Thanksgiving just to be polite, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, most scoops of that stuff taste and feel like it's 100,000 pounds in your gut. Mm. Just turned into the Rachel Ray show here. Ah. Finally, pet cloning is now possible, but it's expensive. Via Gen Pets, the Texas firm that started cloning pets four years ago, yeah. they're charging $50,000 for a cloned dog, only 35000 for a cat. That's a bargain. A Seattle woman spent the money to clone her toy poodle, Buner, twice. Buner, who's now 14 years old, is named for former Seattle Mariners outfielder Jay Buner. I remember him. Yeah, and one-time Yankee, by the way. And his clones are named Buner Jr. and Ditto. Oh, boy. So what you can do is just essentially... You'll have a dog that lives forever because you'll keep on having a younger version of the same thing, right? I've heard of a celebrity. I think Madonna did this or somebody. Streisand. What's that? Barbara, Stry- Barbara Streisand did mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Scary. Babs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com and listen to the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. Major new study on the heart and how we treat heart disease. We're apparently cutting open a lot of people when we ought to be doing something a little less invasive than that. Mm-hmm. We'll get Dr. Kronhaus, my heart doctor, in on that. We're going to have to be careful with him because he's a rabid baseball fan and he may want to talk about baseball in Orlando until 9 o'clock. But we're going to get him to talk about this heart study. And there's some important information and perspective, I'm sure, that you will want to hear from Dr. K coming up after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you, which we'll do here in two minutes on the Thursday edition of Good Morning Orlando on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Quick check of local headlines for you right now. One person hurt after a fire in Orange County that took the lives of three dogs. The fire broke out yesterday on Sabre Street near Goldenrod Road. There is no word on the person's condition who was injured or the cause of the fire. Firefighters able to save three other dogs that we know. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. 
now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. News Radio WFLA Orlando. And still on AM 540. Sorry, bud. We're just trying to connect with Dr. K. In just a moment, we got him, but the phone connection was a little bad, so we're trying to reconnect. Okay. Well, what we have here is a major new heart study, federally funded to the tune of $100 million dollars. All of these results revealed last weekend at the American Heart Association in Philadelphia, and it made a lot of news. Our medical expert, our go-to guy in all things health and medical when we need him, is Dr. Ken Kronhaus from Lake Cardiology, the Bud Man's heart doctor, as you know, for many, many years. Doc, welcome aboard. How's the connection sound on your end? Uh, you sound great. Great to be with you, Bud. Yeah, we're crackling a bit on this end. We'll stay with it the best we can. Very quickly, as a rabid baseball fan that I know you to be, because we've talked baseball for many years, uh, how do you feel about Pat Williams trying to get a major league team here in the city of Orlando? I'm glad he's resurrecting that wonderful idea. All right. Now let's talk about this heart study that a lot of people say is a game changer. But you're the expert. We're not. What do you think? What can you tell us? Well, you know personally, and you've always asked me fine to talk about your heart history, we, we have known about this information in a smaller study. And if you're a patient with me, this is how we've been managing you. And basically what this tells us is that if we know you have significant blockage in the circulation to your heart and you're not having unstable symptoms, it's fine to start off with medication. This means statin, aspirin, ACE inhibitor. And as long as you're stable, we don't need to go to the invasive procedure. Remember, Bernie, you come into the ER, you're unstable, you're evolving a heart attack. Yes. Yeah, we're talking about Bernie Sanders here running for president, had that heart attack. You identified it before almost anybody else did, just to keep people in the loop when you say Bernie. Go ahead. Well, if you're unstable as a patient, then yes, you need the invasive procedure. But what this study has pointed out in a large, a much larger group of patients than what the so-called COURAGE study told us about a decade ago is that bypass operations, angioplasty, and the placement of artery-opening stents, in most cases, these procedures may not provide any benefit over medications and lifestyle changes. As long as the patient is stable, it's fine to wait and wait until instability develops. Well, let me ask you what you mean by the term you're stable. You would call me a stable heart patient. I've never had a heart attack. I don't have any chest pains, but I do have some clogging and partially in my arteries. I do have what you would call heart disease. Is that what you mean by stable? I would call you even better than stable. You're, you're what we call asymptomatic. You're not having symptoms. But there are patients who have clogs in their circulation to their heart, and predictably, they go out on the golf course and they get chest discomfort, they rest, and it goes away, and they're not ready to go and have the invasive procedure. Patients who have predictable symptoms with a certain level of activity, they get their symptoms, they rest, it goes away. We call this stable angina. That's exactly the type of patient in this large study that was reported in the American Heart Association this past weekend. They, if the patient would like, can wait and avoid 
the invasive procedure and use lifestyle medication, especially the statins. That's the key drug here. Statins, aspirin, ACE inhibitor, sometimes a beta blocker. It depends on your blood pressure, but definitely the statin is what keeps the the blockage stable. We get heart attacks, not from slowly that hole in the donut narrowing, but from plaque rupturing, and that's where the heart attack occurs. The statins are the best drug we have for stabilizing plaque. And this study tells us as long as the symptoms are stable, they don't occur at rest, they occur predictably, they go away when we rest. Those are what we call the stable patient. The unstable patient, the symptoms occur yeah. at rest. They're getting worse. You, you want to get rid of them. They're just unlivable. The lifestyle is horrible. Those are the patients that need the invasive procedure. So are all heart doctors going to change the way they approach people who are the stable heart patients based on this study, or is it doctor by doctor? I hope we're now all convinced that these new findings are expected to give all physicians more confidence uh, to say no to invasive treatments, bud. Any final thoughts, Doc? I just think it's a great time to remember to live a healthy lifestyle, know your blood pressure, your blood sugar, your cholesterol, your weight, and if you have blockages, get on that statin and aspirin and just watch how you do it. If you don't want to go immediately for the invasive procedure and you're stable, it's fine. Always great having you here as our health and medical expert, my heart, Dr. Ken Kronos. You want a great cardiologist, book an appointment with him and at Lake Cardiology. You'll see what I've been talking about for so many years. 352-735-1400. 352-735-1400. Doc, thank you so much for coming on with us this morning on this. All right, take care. I think we're able to hear that okay, right? A little bit of crackling. I don't know what's going on there. That's a little strange on the line, but it, it seemed like it was okay. Yaffe and Melissa were riding herd on that. I hope everybody heard every word because it's very, very important. Headlining a nice Central Florida story for our last headline of the morning. Construction workers credited with saving a girl from drowning over in Brevard County. The workers were at a home on Plum Avenue in Merritt Island yesterday when they saw a one-year-old girl fall into a canal next door. Fire Rescue says one of the workers rushed in, performed CPR, revived the child who was flown to an Orlando hospital, but we have no update on her condition. But she was saved. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio WFLA Orlando, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henniger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. A lot of impeachment uh, hearing talk in our first two hours. We made room for other things in our third hour here. But before we go, here was what made all the headlines yesterday morning. Um, this so-called bombshell with the EU ambassador, Gordon Sondland, in the House Intel Committee impeachment inquiry hearings. Listen. I know that members of this committee frequently frame these complicated issues in the form of a simple question. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. All right, well, the media went into a frenzy. The Democrats went crazy. Eureka, this is what we've been waiting for. We've got the president now. But then came the cross-examination by Republicans like Ohio Representative Mike Turner and Elise Stefanik, Congresswoman from New York. 
and they are part of what the White House later put out on several things they say the media and the Democrats don't want us to hear and know. Again, I don't recall President Trump ever talking to me about any security assistance, ever. Um, did the president ever tell you personally about any preconditions for anything? No. Okay, so the president never told you about any preconditions for the aid to be released? No. Is it correct no one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations? Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. You called President Trump to ask him, what do you want from Ukraine? He responded, I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he ran on. And what he ran on was fighting corruption, correct? Correct. President said, quote, no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want President Zelensky to do the right thing. Do what he ran on, end quote. Is that correct? That's correct. There you go. To which the president said, among other things, game over. Yaffe, you followed all of this for folks who were tuning in to your show in the afternoon. You and your team on PM Orlando, I'm sure you'll be all over today's session as well. Yeah, once again, impeachment latest tonight, 5 p.m. on PM Orlando. And it's Thursday. That means you've got your primetime show, Melissa. That's right. Not preempted tonight by the Gators. We are going to be discussing female urinary incontinence and the Votiva procedure. 9 o'clock tonight right here. Join me and my partner, Linda Nunez, along with David Klein, the doctor from Stages of Life Medical Institute. And if you can't stay up that late, we're on iHeart Podcast. Just look for Connection Show. I don't know. It's a tough topic for us guys here. You think we might give that one a pass and come back next Thursday night, Alan? What do you think? A pass? Actually, guys, <laughs> there's something in it for you, too. <laughs> Sorry about that. From all of us on the 50,000-watt front porch, thanks. Have a great day. God bless you, and God bless America.